friends, Uncle Marv here with another episode of the IT Business Podcast, the podcast for IT professionals, where we talk about all the things that we can to help you run your business better, smarter, and faster. Tonight, we are revisiting the Profit First system. I have with me in the house, Shannon Simmons for Fit for Profit. Shannon, how are you? I'm great. Thanks, Marv. How are you tonight? I am good. Look at you. Got your little Christmas garland up behind you. (laughs) I have to do what I can. (laughs) I brought a jacket with me because uh, winter is starting to hit here in Florida. It is going to be 58 degrees when we finish the show tonight. I'm sorry. (laughs) We didn't hit 40 today. (laughs) Ooh. Ouch. That's why I live down here. So. Yep. <laughs> All right. So, Shannon, uh, I hope you can sit tight while we go through a little bit of housekeeping here because some of the people like to get in and get out only to hear the news. And let's start with the fact that this weekend uh, I will be heading back to the mountains of Georgia. I will be making the annual pilgrimage if you can say it that way. Uh, The wife is already up there with her family for the Christmas. We go to the cabin up in the hills of Georgia. I will be flying out tomorrow night and heading up there. I've got to, uh, that's one of the reasons why I got the jacket out because I had to prepare because it will be cold in Georgia. So that's where I will be this weekend coming back late Sunday. Uh, Next week, I'm actually going to be heading out again. I did not think that I would be doing any more conferences or tech visits this year. But next Friday, the 15th, I will be heading back to Orlando, Florida to participate in the Super Ops Super Summit. I have no idea what we're doing. I have no idea what's going to be happening, except that it is it is a full day at Top Golf in Orlando, Florida. The great Juan Fernandez reached out and said, buddy, I'd like to have you here. Can you make it? I checked with the wife. She said, yeah, go ahead and go. So I'm going. So that's where I will be on the 15th. Uh, Next week, we have a very special episode. Uh, I usually try to keep it light towards the end of the year. We know we have the holiday podcast coming up on the 20th. Next week, I have Papapapia coming in. Uh, (laughs) I'm sorry. Shannon, that's a, the company is named Pia. Uh, did you get the Pia reference? Okay. So uh, they are going to be here next week, and we are going to have an impromptu non-tech show uh, for next week's live show, which now leads me into the fact that right now voting is open for the 2023 IT Business Podcast Awards. If you head over to the website and click on the queue, I have actually replaced that. Last week it was, what is your favorite Christmas movie of all time? And that has now been replaced. And I'll put the screen up here to share with this year's 2023 IT Business Podcast Awards, where you can cast your votes for your favorite podcast moments of the year. And anyone that participates will get an entry to win an Amazon gift card during the holiday show. 
Voting's a little different this year, folks. I had to switch it up and not saying that there was anything wrong with last year's voting, but I, I need to give everybody a fair advantage. So I already sent out notification to all the guests that were on that I, I had their email address and they had a guest profile on the website here. Uh, they already have been able to get in and start their voting. The difference is that you have to vote for two entries in each category. And we even added a category this year. So we do have best podcast episode, best podcast guest, and I've added a category and I want for you all to vote on what was the, the best swag. So which vendor had the best swag for this year? If you attended any conferences, any lunch and learns, uh, daily road shows or anything like that. The difference is in this entry form, you have to fill out every single entry and you can't just name the vendor. You actually have to name what the swag is. So you've got to qualify this time and that will help us weed out any stuffing of the ballots or anything like that. So uh, head over to the IT Business Podcast, click on the queue up the top right and you can go ahead and vote. You can vote up to 1159 p.m. on the 19th. And then I will spend the 20th counting all the votes. And there will actually be a little bit of a BCS style ranking system where it's not just your votes that count. It actually will include number of listens, number of views of the videos, number of website visits. It's going to be a whole calculation. It's going to be worse than the BCS. And, uh, there will be no disqualification of Florida State in this ranking system. <laughs> I do pay attention to BCS. You went on and on. I thought, oh, there has to be something coming about Florida here. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. I I even have uh, I have some alcohol in my in my mug here as uh, as players start to uh, declare themselves for the draft and decide not to play in the bowl game. There was even a meme today where Mike Norvell entered the portal, uh, the coach, <laughs> that he would be leaving. So it should be funny. <laughs> All right, let's, uh, let's continue on with the show. I do want to let everybody know that uh, there was a show previously that Shannon was on back episode 580 and got her introdu introduction to the podcast, our introduction to the Profit First system. And uh, just for people that, you know, because people listen to these shows and watch out of order. So real quickly recapping you, you have your own business, uh, Fit for Profit, which is a coaching business of the Profit First system. But that's not your main business, is it? Well, I started off 15 years ago as a bookkeeper and accountant and was in public accounting for a couple of years before that. So, um, I mean, bookkeeping has been our main business for a while, uh, but I would say now, um, I would say 95% of our clients have implemented Profit First and um, we've, some of them have come to us with Profit First implemented, but we definitely help them to continue down that, that path. Um, so they're, they're pretty even, I would say at this point. All right. So... So you're pretty much doing both. You're still doing the accounting and bookkeeping, but you're also helping them implement the Profit First system. Do you have clients that are not part of your bookkeeping side that are just 
doing the profit first? We do. Yep. We have some of both for sure. All right. Nice. We also talked about one of the things that kind of got you on the profit first path was the little, the little taxi thingy that happened where <laughs> uh, you ended up having to pay some taxes one year. I had the same thing and uh, it wasn't a huge bill. I shouldn't, you know, it wasn't, obviously I'm still in business, but it was, it was hefty at the time back in, uh, let's see, nine, no, it's 2000. So I had been in business since 97 and had kind of made my way through and in 2000, I got the tax bill for the 1999 year that said, dude, you didn't, you didn't pay. And it was 4,000 yeah. bucks. So back then, when you're starting out a business, that can be a lot of money. Um, so you said that that was one of the things that got you started along with the fact that a client had given you the book. Uh, what were some other things that kind of, you know, gave you the final push to do this? Yeah, you know, one of the, I think one of the biggest things was as an accountant prior, I could, I tell people all the time, I could analyze the hell out of any numbers, right? I mean, I could forwards, backwards, upside down, any way you name it, I could look at numbers and, and tell the story out of them. But sometimes I couldn't really help business owners understand what they needed to do in order to improve the numbers. Um, so it was always looking backwards and telling people what had happened, but I couldn't always help people understand how they could use the numbers to make better decisions in the future. And I, I just saw profit first as a system that would help business owners to understand how much money they had when they were actually making decisions. It's not, it's not all historical. It's, it's really can be predictive um, and help in the, in the moment when you're making a decision rather than having to go to like, Tell, people will tell you as business owners, we should be going to our profit and loss statements and our balance sheets in order to make decisions. And as a business owner, I will tell you, I've done that less than five times <laughs> in 15 years. That's just not the way we're built to make decisions. We we make them from our bank accounts instead. And so um, I, I could just see how the this system was going to help some of my current clients at the time and couldn't pass up the opportunity. So... When I started getting my situation correct, the biggest thing I looked at was cash flow and understanding that a cash flow statement was going to be a much better predictor of where your money is and is going to come from and force you to plan. If you know that you've got X number of expenses and that income isn't there on the cash flow sheet, well, some changes got to happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's one way to do it. Um, and I will be honest, a lot of accountants don't understand cash flow sheets, I don't feel like. And so again, like that takes some planning to create that. Whereas when the bank accounts are just telling you when you have these bank accounts that are set up and you can look at the bank account and it will tell you how much money you have for OPEX and you know you've already got your profit taken care of and your owner's pay taken care of and your taxes taken care of. You don't even have to pull up a statement. You just get to look at your bank accounts. So right. that makes it really super easy for a lot of business owners. And we did talk about the fact that the bank accounts is probably one of the sticking points that gets people a lot where I, it just feels like too much work to open up separate mm -hmm. bank accounts. Um, I know that I did ask you about that and you talked about the fact that, well, you know what? Start with, start with one. 
you know, open up one more than what you have because most of us have one and opening up a second one. I think when you mentioned it, it was to set aside the taxes. Was that the first mm-hmm. account that you that you normally recommend? It, it kind of depends on the person's goals. But from my own personal experience, yes, taxes is the one that I set up first. And a lot of people get behind on taxes. So that's where we start for some people. Okay. I know that in the book, a lot of times it recommends, obviously, it's called profit first. So the first thing you should do is put aside your owner's profit. And there's a couple of places that I looked at. And when I hear people talk about profit first, it gets muddled a lot of times because a lot of times it's just, well, to put aside your, the business profit, you know, that, that needs to be money that is set aside to go back into the business or whatever. Sometimes it's owner's pay, which could just be a salary. Mm-hmm. Uh, other times it's a muddled of owner's compensation. Um, how do you classify all of that? Yeah, so it's really interesting because we I talk about the profit first world and then accounting. And profit first is not accounting. Um, it's 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 a cash flow management system, right? And so your accounting still needs to be done. You still need to have some kind of bookkeeping software so that your taxes can be done and all of that. So in accounting world, profit is what's left over after you take all of your sales and you pay your expenses and what's left over. Um, that can be used for a lot of different things. So when you look at a profit and loss statement, the profit at the bottom is not usually the cash that's in your bank account because most of us, most small businesses can take profit distributions for the owner that comes from that profit, but it's not recorded as an expense. And then if you have debt on your business or you purchase any assets, that all happens on your balance sheet. And so, again, the cash comes from the profit, but it's not showing up on your balance or on your P&L. So it doesn't affect your profit. In the profit first world, we talk about profit as the cushion, the emergency fund, the the rainy day fund that you might need in your business um, and bonuses for you as the business owner. And that's it. That's all profit is in the profit first world. So um, it's, I feel like it's a little bit more clear in the profit first world accounting. It can be really muddled. <laughs> okay. Um, I now, and let me, I'm going to try to go back and remember cause I did not write it down, but I remember a show I listened to a while back. And the reason I brought up owner's compensation was because of a question that came in, one of the pre-chat questions where uh, a listener wanted me to ask the question of, I already pay myself a salary, I pay my car, and I pay my insurance, and it seems like I need to put that as owner's compensation. So a lot of times, I know businesses get in trouble because we always pay for the personal stuff as the owner stuff in the business, distributions or however you say it. Um, should all of that, though, count as part of owner's compensation? Because, I mean, insurance, car payments, cell phone reimbursements, <laughs> yep. uh, gas in the car. Yep. So in the IT world, gas gets a little tricky. Okay. Um, but I would say and, – and maybe even the car gets a little tricky – um, but I would say anything that is strictly for the benefit of the owner. So if you did not have a business, what would you have to be paying out of your pocket? 
Um, the, the insurance for sure. Um, just the cell phone for sure. Other just expenses that sometimes get run through the business. If you're driving that car a hundred percent of the time, some of that car would be owner's comp. Now, if you're driving that biz- that car during business hours to your clients, that's a business expense. So it does get a little, that gets a little tricky, I feel like. Um, it just depends on the industry. Um, but I would say, you know, for you guys, it's going to be a little bit um, maybe more complicated to figure out how much of that car expense is business expense and how much is owner's comp. But, you know, if you take off and drive that to Georgia next week, that's probably owner's compensation because it's not a business expense at that point. Even um, if I pay for my plane ticket with my business American Express and the hotel, what if I do a podcast while I'm there? So uh, it's a hundred percent deductible. Like, so this is the difference again between tax world, accounting world and profit first world. Um, they're a hundred percent deductible. You can run them through your business, but it's important. For, I believe and profit first believes for the business owner to understand that the business is benefiting you by paying for those things. And so sometimes we get people who say, oh, I'm only taking, you know, a $20,000 salary for my business. Okay. And the business is paying, you know, $20,000 of other personal expenses for you. And so just the awareness that you're getting a lot more benefit from the business than just the cash you're seeing in your bank account. That's really all Profit First is trying to do. So another thing we talked about on the previous show is people getting in trouble. Like you mentioned, uh, seeing what's in the bank account and thinking that that's your money. When a lot of times I've seen people, and I'll say in our industry, where we pay for so many things out of the business that there isn't money at the end of the month because we've paid all those expenses and we've ran them through and then we're like, okay, there's only a thousand dollars here. I can't live off a thousand dollars, but we kind of are if we're paying everything through the business, right? Exactly. Right. Yeah. There's only a thousand dollars here, but you know, like I said, you've already taken $2,000 out of the business. So, And, and sometimes we work with clients to get those personal expenses out of the business because some of them probably aren't deductible. And so th- there's that conversation too. Um, but yeah, like I said, it's really an awareness of what the business is benefiting you. And then sometimes, like I said, getting those out and, and making that cash transfer from the business to your personal bigger so that you can really see what are some of those personal expenses that you maybe don't need to be paying for at all so that you can have more cash in your personal life. All right. So to kind of wind things up, I, I, I think we kind of hit a couple of the points, but if we had to list what you would consider to be like the key principles or, you know, the three or five major things that people need to get from the profit first system, what would those be? Yeah. So there's actually four guardrails that we talk about. The first one is that you need small plates. That's having your multiple bank accounts. Um, The second one is that you need to take your profit first, pay yourself first. The third one is that you need to remove temptation. So I don't know that we talked about this too much, but um, when you have those small bank account or all the small, smaller accounts, like your tax account, because you only pay taxes maybe once a year, maybe four times a year, but that's usually it. If you're it can accumulate a lot of money. So we tell you to put that in a completely separate bank or make it really hard to get to. 
because if you don't, it's really easy to be like, oh, I've got money in my tax account. I'll just transfer it back to my OpEx account or my owner's pay account. So we take that and we, we remove temptation. We get that out of the way. Um, and then the, the fourth major principle is to um, set up a rhythm for dealing with your money. So we talk about transferring your money twice a month. Um, usually twice a month is the best. And then paying yourself twice a month from your business as well. So, and that helps you to understand that cash flow pattern that you talked about from the cash flow statement. If you do your your allocations and you handle money and your business twice a month, you start to learn a lot about when do I get a lot of money, when do I spend a lot of money, and you understand the cash flow in your business a little bit more when you're doing it regularly rather than just willy nilly like, oh, I need money now, so let's see how much I have in my bank account now type of thing. Right. So you mentioned, so you mentioned twice a month. Now I know a couple of my law firm clients do that and they pay themselves on the first and the 16th. Um, I still pay myself on the biweekly. Mm-hmm. So on those months when you have three pay periods instead of two, um, how do you figure that into the profit first if you're doing allocations twice a month. And when when you say allocations, that is when you're taking your income and dividing them into those percentages and into those bank accounts, right? Yep, exactly. That's what allocations are. Um, Honestly, most of the time, if somebody tells me that they're paying themselves biweekly, I say, let's just do your allocations biweekly too, whatever your money day is. Um, It's just, so most of the months it ends up being twice a month. And then, you know, you have those two or three or four a year that you do three. Um, if your percentages set are set up right, you can still do your allocations twice a month and and have the money where it needs to be. It takes a little bit longer sometimes to get into that rhythm. So I usually just say, let's do three on those, those three payroll months. All right. All right. Let's take a little bit of a switch here. Uh, let me at least acknowledge uh, yes, I do see the fact, folks, if you're watching live or on the replay video, I see that uh, my screen is blacking out. It's not blacking out here. I don't know why it's blacking out on the replay. Uh, all I can tell you is that winter has hit and I have Comcastic Internet. You've heard me talk about them for the years. I am hoping that one day that they would become a sponsor and give me a great fiber connection or AT&T or somebody would come in, but that's where we are. I don't see it blinking here, but I, I see it on the monitor. So it is what it is. So, all right. Let me, well, we already went to one of the questions. And of course, the two other questions that came in really were all about what are some real life examples on how to do the profit first system. And you mentioned the four pillars there, which um, are kind of in the book. It's it's not really rocket science. Uh, you did mention remove temptation. Um, I think that that would be resolved as well if you did the allocation of all of the bank accounts, correct? Um, but let's talk about how you get there. Like how do you decide how many bank accounts and what percentages and stuff. I know that there is a formula that uh, Mike has put together is if your business is making this much, start with these percentages. And Mm -hmm. you mentioned that getting to a point where maybe the tax account has more money than it needs. uh, How do you remove that temptation to start moving money back and forth all the time? 
Yeah, I mean, we really do have clients that set up um, bank accounts at different banks just for their tax and profit. So when you do those allocations, you empty out your income account, you put it into those four or five or six or we have some clients that have eight different accounts now at this point, whatever it is. And then the tax and profit get moved to a completely different bank so that when because the, the thinking is that when you log into your bank, your online banking, whether it's on your phone or your computer, you see all your accounts. And if you see that the tax account and profit account have a lot of money in them and they're on that same banking app, it's really easy to just transfer money. If they're on a different banking app and you have to connect the links and connect the, it's easy to connect the banks, but you have to do it one time and they're not on that app. You don't see it. So you kind of have to be remembering that there's money there or like I said, it's, we, we really try to make it out of sight, out of mind so that you don't think about it. Um, and so that's where the remove temptation comes in. So it does include, it does involve having another bank, but once that's set up, most people don't have any problems transferring money there and forgetting about it and appreciate the fact that it's there when tax time comes. Right. Now you mentioned logging in and seeing all your accounts. Now, if you're doing all of this in QuickBooks or a similar program where you have the accounts set up as a bank, um, but if you're doing this online, you mentioned an app. Most apps that I know of, you can't see different banks in one account. Exactly. Are there, is there an app that does that? Is there a profit first app out there? No, there isn't. And that's, <laughs> okay. I mean, we want it to be that way that you can't see those. Oh, okay. Those two, two accounts. Yep. Oh, well, I guess I wouldn't. That, if you can't see it, attention. you can't, if you can't see it, you can't spend it, right? <laughs> exactly. Yep. Exactly. You can't see it. You don't spend it. <laughs> Okay. Kind of like that 401k when you're right out of college, right? If you start putting money into that 401k, your first job, you, you can accumulate some money there and you just don't ever think about it. And right. You don't ever miss it because you never had it. That's exactly what Profit First is going towards. Like you just put that profit aside. You don't miss it because you didn't ever have it in your operating expense account or your personal pay, personal account either way. Um, and now all of a sudden, once a quarter, you get this nice bonus from it. All right. When you have a rainy day, you have a savings account to fall back on. So I know that one of the questions that I often hear is, well, my bank won't let me set up multiple accounts. And I will say this, the bank that I'm using right now, we, we had a little situation. Um, I'm thinking of moving. <laughs> I've been with yeah. them since the beginning. Well, I didn't. I wasn't with them. So – the original bank that I was with got acquired twice. So this is technically the third bank, but it's the same account. But they're starting to starting to a little piss me off with some of the things that they're doing. So and, and they won't let me do multiple accounts. And I don't know if I don't know if you can say this publicly, but are there banks that get the profit first system and will allow you to do multiples at one bank, or should you completely separate them into different banks. Yeah. So there's actually a profit first certified bank, which is pretty new within the last year. It's called Relay Bank. It's just like it sounds, R-E-L-A-Y dot bank dot com, I think. Um, Google it. You'll find it. Okay. So they will have you, They you can set up, I think it's like up to 20 accounts with them. It's definitely 10. It's a That's, lot. It's easy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I think 20, the, I, 20 is overkill for sure. 10 is way more than enough. Um, so you can set up all your accounts there. 
The other thing we hear, Marv, is people will say, well, but I like my local bank or I have a loan through my local bank, so I need to keep some money there. Or I I get checks every once in a while and I want to be able to deposit them at the bank or I get cash every once in a while. Checks you can do online. Um, but what I would recommend is I just told you, you need two banks. So use Relay for your main five accounts and use this local bank that maybe you still want to maintain a relationship. Marv, it doesn't sound like you do, but other people might want to maintain a relationship with their local bank. Use them for your profit and tax accounts. They're your second bank account at that point. Honestly, they're going to be happy because they're probably going to have more money in those accounts than you will in your OPEX account. Um, And Relay can take care of the rest of them. All right. So I have found it, I think. I hope this is the one I'm reading. That's it. Relay, uh, com, And it actually says that it is business checking, business savings, profit first banking, uh, and accounts payable integrations with Zero, QuickBooks Online, Gusto, Plaid, and Yodley. Nice. Okay. Now, I don't know if you can ask it or have to ask Mike this, but how did this become a profit first certified bank? Um, So most of it came about because us as profit first professionals were getting the exact same question that you just asked me and we had no good answer. And we just kept on profit first. Like there's got to be somebody out there who can help you figure this out and do this. And so Uh, It took a long time. They had several different attempts (laughs) to find a profit first bank. (laughs) Um, But, you know, I was using Relay long before they were profit first certified. A lot of profit first professionals were using Relay before they were profit first certified. And then um, I know that several of their, let's say, upper level management have actually become profit first professionals. So they really understand the, the system. Um, and I think right. that's how it came about. There might be more to it, but that's what I know of it. So of course the question is to be how, how old is the bank? Is there a fear that they're going to be <laughs> gobbled up? Yeah. So it, the it's, I will be completely honest. Relay itself is not a bank. They actually hold the money in other banks and you can dig in and figure out, I think they're backed by like five different banks that you would know. Okay. Big banks. Um, they're a tech company. So they have figured out how to do the banking, the profit first way, and they layer that on top of these other banks that are FDIC insured. Um, and because they have five different banks that they're with, they can hold they can hold a lot more money than if you were just at one bank, you know, with FDIC limits and things like that. So, um, like I said, it, there's a lot of us that are using it and have been really happy with it for a long time. All right. Well, we'll have to dig into that. I don't want to take all the time here, but uh, I will definitely, I've got the link in the show notes uh, that will come after this, and I just put it in the chat for those of you uh, that are watching live. Uh, I don't know if this shows up on the LinkedIn. I know we've got some people on LinkedIn. I cannot see their comments and stuff, but uh, RelayFI.com. So, nice. All right. And the question I had also that came in is how can I determine the right percentage, uh, profit percentage for my business? Now, I know in the book that it actually recommends that you pull your numbers 
for the last couple of years, uh, whether QuickBooks can do it or your accounting package can do it or you manually find a way to figure out what is the percentages of all those categories over the last couple of years, and that's where you start. Yeah, that's exactly it. And I think last week on the show, I gave a, a link. Um, you can go to fitforprofit.com slash ITBIZ. And there's a, a handout there. That PDF will actually walk you through the process as well. Um, so it's kind of the book simplified. Um, but yeah, it's really taking the last 12 months of information and gathering all those numbers. How much did you pay yourself? What percentage of your revenue was that? How much did you spend in your operating expenses? What percent of your revenue was that? Um, and, and then, you know, starting there really is the key because you can't improve things until you know where you're starting for the most part. All right. Now, I know I always ask you, what's the biggest hurdle that people overcome? What's the hang up and stuff? What's usually the first light bulb moment that you hear from your clients? Um, most of the time, just like I talked about earlier, the organization of knowing, like being able to make those decisions by looking at their bank accounts, because most of the time QuickBooks isn't up to date. So, you know, you said if, if all your accounts are in QuickBooks, you can see them all there and make decisions. That's true if they're always up to date, but a lot of times they're not. <laughs> and so the, the are, idea. Are you that saying I, that we as techs don't always put our receipts in? I'm saying me as a business owner <laughs> okay. doesn't put my receipts in. <laughs> okay. All right. Yes. <laughs> and not having my receipts in, not having my transactions entered doesn't mean that the rest of my business doesn't need money paid attention to it. Right. And so uh, there's always financial decisions to be made. And so, you know, when a client can come to me and say, I, I mean, this just happened. Uh, I, I broke my iPad. I need to get a new iPad. How <gasps> much money can I spend on it? Well, how much money is in your operating expense account? There you go. There's your answer. And and just the, like the knowing that I have that money, I my payroll's taken care of, my taxes are taken care of, my profits taken care of. I'm going to get paid and I still have this much money to spend on the iPad or whatever it is that you're con- considering spending money on. Um, it's just Now that sounds like Somebody who's got their act together and yeah, I have this money. I know that it's available for stuff like that, but a lot of people still like to do, you know, the dreaded B word and actually try to budget. I'm going to budget $500 for office expenses each month and I'm not going to go over. Do you have to still budget or do you just simply go by the percentages with the bank accounts and, and, you know, stop trying to micromanage. Did I say that right? I work really hard. Yes. I work really hard with my clients to stop micromanaging because most of the time I can look at them and say, how long have you been trying and how long has that been working for you? And they'll tell me they've been trying since the very beginning and it's never worked for them. (laughs) And so why do we keep trying to do something that hasn't been working? Um, Every once in a while. So some of our clients, I mean, like you were talking about conferences and summits. This is a really good example. Those don't happen every month, right? Maybe they do for you. They don't happen every day, every month for me. So I actually have a separate account just for conferences. And I know how much money I want to spend on that, what what the budget would be for that if I were doing a budget. 
And I say, okay, that's 2% of my revenue. I'm going to put 2% in that account every single month. And so I'm doing that on a regular basis. And then when I want to spend money out of it, the money is sitting there. So that's kind of how we tweak the profit first system to have a budget built in basically. Okay. So funny, you should mention conferences because I kind of (laughs) did that where conferences can be expensive for, for texts anyway, uh, between the ticket pricing, the travel, the hotel, food, souvenirs, that sort of stuff. Uh, so I put a kibosh where I said, okay, I'm going to do four year. I'm going to do one a quarter. And that was, Mm -hmm. now I didn't put a budget on it. I didn't put a number because each conference is different, but I've already taken the steps where I can look at my numbers and I already know I'm, I'm, I've got a, I got a buttload of money sitting in the bank right now. It's coming to the end of the year. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to worry. I can just next week I can go and not worry about the money. Uh, Some people, I don't know how they do it. It's a lot of conferences, a lot of money. So let me now go the other way and say, for those of us that trying to be sensitive here for my accountant, um, I need to make a few changes because the last few years, I've actually had a lot of money sitting in the bank at the end of the year. Um, I, I need to adjust that. And it's, I don't think it's as simple as, hey, I can pay myself more. Or I can take out a bigger dividend. Or actually, let me, do you even use the word dividend or for when the owner takes out money? Um, what's the um, retained earnings? Yeah. Oh. So it, it, that's, that's a good question. Um, dividends are usually reserved for C-Corps that are like major corporations. Um we yeah, S corps and partnerships. We call them distributions. Okay, distributions. so I've been using it wrong. <laughs> well, I Honestly, so it I, all I, happens on the same bottom part of your equity section of your balance sheet. Right. So I get it. <laughs> well, and I probably have said I've probably gone back and forth distributions, dividends, but the bottom line is, I, I know I need. To, we, we can talk about this off air. I'm just throwing out my own laundry there, but I, I've got a big number at the bottom of that in retained earnings. I know I got to start taking that out, but I assume that that's part of a percentage in one of the accounts, correct? Yeah. I mean, yes, that would probably be your profit percentage, or maybe, maybe I would say let's increase your owner's pay. Um, A lot of times when people have, that kind of situation going on, we'll talk about like, what are other investments you would like to be making? What kind of retirement plan do you have set up for yourself? A lot of that, a lot of people have kind of hangups around, I don't want to take everything out of my business because what if my business needs it? Well, what are you doing for yourself long-term as well? Let's, let's put some. Okay. Well, all right. Well, here's the rest of my laundry. So, <laughs> so I've wanted to do something with that money and the wife's like, no, leave it. I like seeing the big numbers in the bank. Well, that's not helping me. In fact, okay. So I've had to pay taxes the last two years, which we went all those years with getting money back. Now I've learned by talking to some other people, that's actually a good thing. The fact mm-hmm. that the business has done well, that we have to pay. 
it's a little I would agree. It's a little mind thing that people have to work through because we're so used to paying taxes all year long and getting that refund. As yeah. if that's our reward for working and paying the taxes, but I, for our types of businesses and I'm an S corp just I think I told you that before. So I get mm-hmm. caught trying to figure out okay, am I should I operate like a partnership, a sole proprietor, or should I act like a corporation? Which is why having money there as a corporation seems like a good thing. You should have some money there, <laughs> but you can have too much money there. Okay. All right. <laughs> I mean, I really do believe that. And that's not necessarily like – some of that's my own personal, you know, how I would advise you as a client type of thing. Um, but like I said, I, I mean, I think having money in a in a savings account right now is not – doing much for you. It's doing more now for you than it was two years ago, right? Um, But it's not doing much for you where, you know, take that money and put it in something that is actually going to give you a return on your investment. I I would say three months worth of operating expenses sitting in your business savings account is is a pretty safe number. Um, More than that, let's find ways for that money to be doing better work for you. All right. We're going to have to talk after the show. Yeah. And I would also say, you know, as far as taxes go and kind of that mind game that we were talking about, um, I, yes, as a, as a profitable business, you're going to have to pay taxes and there are ways to minimize that. So that's where really good tax planning comes in. And that's something completely different, but you should definitely, if you're really profitable and you have money sitting in the bank like that, you should be talking to a tax planner and making sure that you're not paying too much taxes. Because that's possible. There's lots of strategies to reduce that too. All right. Well, let me throw a link up here on the screen for those watching and uh, put a link in the chat again to your site, fitforprofit.com, where you can help people more when it comes to implementing uh, the Profit First system. And as I understand, there's now. You know, you, you mentioned the free worksheet that people can get if they go to fitforprofit.com slash ITBiz. It's more than the book. I mean, there's work groups. Is there, is there like mastermind sessions and all those types of things now? Yeah. So we actually have, um, we have a group program that people can, can join. Um, and we do live Q and A sessions. So it's definitely, there's interaction, um, between you and other business owners. And yeah, I mean, there's lots of us as profit first professionals have put together different kinds of masterminds and things like that. So it's definitely more than the book. All right. I've got your website up here. I'm just poking around here. Yeah. Find the, find the best fit for your business. Keep money. So keep more money collective. Yep. So that's the group coaching program that I was just talking about. Oh, okay. Um, we also it, it's kind of a, a do-it-yourself implementation of Profit First. Um, there's videos that walk you through implementing it, and then the Profit First coaching is us helping you one-on-one do that. All right. Fitforprofit.com. And tell us again how you came up with that name, because that doesn't sound like an accounting name. Yeah, because I really don't. <laughs> I would, Like I said, I was in corporate accounting for two years, um, and really nothing of it <laughs> sat well with me. Um, I, I really do feel like most accounting firms, 
the client is the bank for them and it's changed a lot. Um, they're doing a little bit more to help business owners, but really for the most part, they're securing money for the bank. And that's just not who I wanted to help. I want to help businesses. I want to help business owners, um, be successful and get out of your business, what you went into business to do. And that's more usually something about being paid to do the work that you want to do too. Okay. And most of your clients are in the fitness area, right? Yeah, I would say most, all of our clients are service-based businesses. Most of them are in serv- uh, fitness wellness area, um, but we do also have some service-based technicians as well. Okay. Are you a fitness nut yourself? Um, I don't know if I'm a fitness nut, but I do find benefit in in the physical activity that I do every day. Yes. <laughs> Is that a nice way of saying you're not a gym rat? <laughs> I am not a gym rat. I don't. I'm not a gym rat, but I do move every single day. So, okay. Like I said, find a lot of benefit in it. All right. Well, there you have it, folks. Uh, Shannon Simmons, I've given you good information, and I think you should go check her out. We're going to have a chat afterwards. and see what she can do for me but uh, right now you know what that sound is (laughs) (laughs) that is our session for Florida man or random question so Shannon did get a little pre-information about the fact that yes we do a Florida man segment where you can Try to find a local story that would challenge a recent Florida man story. And if you can't, you can answer a random question. So uh, I know the answer ahead of time. But for our listeners, were you able to find a story to challenge Florida man this week? Sadly, I was not. You were not. It was fun to look. (laughs) It's interesting what news stories you can find when you're looking, right? Yeah. It was interesting, for sure. All right. So I guess what we'll do is first I will get the random question ready for you, and then I'm going to have you pick which Florida Man story I reveal tonight. So let me pull up um, – well, this isn't a good question. Well, maybe it is. Is anyone in your family vegetarian? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> what? Not anymore. There you go. <laughs> Not anymore. Interesting. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So you want the background? Sure. <laughs> I actually grew up on a hog farm. And when I was a sophomore in high school, I told my dad, I'm not going to eat meat anymore. You can about imagine how well that went over. Okay. Um, then I met my husband and he and his family didn't know how to how to cook for a vegetarian. So I decided to start eating meat, but I was a vegetarian myself for about five years. You, you couldn't cook and show them or they, they were just that stubborn. So I, when you're 20 years old and you're kind of, you know, going back and forth between your future in-laws house and your dorm room, there's not a lot of cooking opportunities okay. at that point. So All right. I didn't have a lot of choice. So grew up on a hog farm. That's interesting. So my grandparents, because I'm trying to, so I didn't grow up that way, but my parents did, my mom did. So my grandparents on her side had hogs, had chickens, 
grew watermelon, green beans, um, yeah. some a bunch of other stuff. And when I would visit, we would have to go back there and and do all that stuff. And listen, I liked eating that. I just didn't like doing it. So did you have to do work with the hogs? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, sir. Yep. <laughs> I mean, you know, until I went to college and then I was like, oh, no, I'm going into the accounting world about as far from that as you can get. <laughs> and I really haven't looked back since. <laughs> All right. Well, since I'm bringing up slides before I do the Florida Man slide, let me at least acknowledge that uh, the IT Business Podcast is presented by NetAlly, your number one ally for network diagnostic tools. Net, uh, NetAlly continues to set the standard for portable network analysis tools that include the Link Runners, Link Sprinter, AirCheck, EtherScope, and most recently the CyberScope. Uh, they simplify network testing and design, helps you troubleshoot in less than 10 seconds. And we are live streaming courtesy of Computers Done Right, your one-stop shop. For all your con computer needs in Venice, Florida, their team of experienced professionals specializes in computer repair, virus removal, data recovery, and much more. They are a managed server managed service provider. So why struggle with your computer problems when someone can help you today? Computersdoneright.com. And a good friend of the show and fellow sponsor, instanthousecall.com. If you are looking for a remote support tool that is not included with your current RMM PSA provider, Instant House Call is a great uh, tool to get started with. It has all the tools as the big boys. You can actually sign up for 15 days. You don't even need a credit card and you get all the remote support that you need, including white label, multi-monitor, UAC support, printing, all that good stuff. So head over to our good friend, instanthousecall.com. Tell Corey that Uncle Marv sent you by. All right, so what I'm going to do now is show you three pictures. And then you pick the picture that you want to hear about, and that will be our Florida man story. So picture number one, picture number two, and picture number three. Oh, I got to go number two. Number two? Yeah. All right. So picture number two. A Florida man was arrested over the weekend after he got a Waffle House logo inked on his leg and then refused to pay for the $250 tattoo. Matt Alexander Cretchent allegedly asked for a black and white Waffle House logo from St. Petersburg shop Ink Gods because a color version would cost an additional $100. But when it came time to pay, Cretchent revealed that he didn't have his debit card with him and could not provide proof of having that amount of money in his bank account. So he ran from the tattoo shop. Oh, 
And when Pete, uh, police caught up with him, they found that he only had $6 and a driver's license in his bag and nothing on his person. They also alleged that he was under the influence when he asked for the five-inch tattoo. It wasn't his first time getting inked, according to the outlet. Among his other tattoos is an image of the insane clown posse, a hip-hop duo whose followers are known as Juggalos. He was charged with theft, but has been released on $150 bail. <laughs> so, hmm. tattoo parlors are going to be asking for money up front now. Kind of surprised they weren't in the first place. <laughs> well, and here's my question. <laughs> what are you going to do with a tattoo of a Waffle House? <laughs> I mean, that makes no sense. No sense at all. <laughs> all right. Well, Shannon, thank you very much for coming on the show once again and answering some of our questions about the Profit First system. And uh, I suspect you'll get a couple of people that will email you or go to your site and say, okay, how can you help me as a, as a techie? You have had uh, IT shops before, so it's not new territory yeah. for you. Not at all. Yeah. It was great to be here. And yeah, I look forward to, to talking with y'all about how we can help you be better in money and business. All right. There you go, first. Uh Shannon Simmons, Fit for Profit, fitforprofit.com. Check her out and get your business getting on the right track when it comes to money. So that's going to do it for our show. We will be back next week with a live show. As I unthaw from the hills of Georgia, thank you for listening to the ID Business Podcast, your go-to source for the latest insights and trends for MSPs and IT professionals. That's going to do it for our show here. I'll be back soon. As soon as I can find my thing here. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) We had... Someone in the chat, what do you mean Waffle House is an institution? <laughs> it is an institution. And if you need some place to go at 2 a.m. for breakfast and there's no Denny's around, there's probably a Waffle House. So, all right. That's going to do it, folks. We'll see you next time. And until then, holla. <laughs>